and we are back. This is the Fat Packs Podcast on the Beckett Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Eric Norton. Hope everybody's having a blessed day today. I know that I am uh, on this NBA trade deadline day. Uh, all the exciting moves happening. But before we get into that, let's talk about our wonderful sponsors, Mr. King Carl of King Carl Sports Arts, and of course, Kyle over at Badger Breaks. Thank you so much for being a part of this show and supporting us and keeping this show free for my listeners every week. I really appreciate it. Um, make sure you're checking out Badger Breaks uh, for all the new all the new products breaking out this week. You can go check them out on Facebook or you can go to badgerbreaks.com and then Ken Carl, of course, if you're looking for some art in your life, uh, like that wonderful sketch card that Mr. or Mrs. Crystal Kinsley hooked up Mr. Ken Kinsley with, uh, please go check them out there. Uh, check out his artwork on Facebook and uh, KenCarlSportsArt.com. You can see how wonderful they are. Man, I got a loaded show for you today. I actually got two interviews. So I, I can't spend a lot of time here in the first segment, kind of just uh, BSing, if you will, but I'm, I'm excited to bring both of them to you. But before we get to that, let's talk about new products, new pricing. New pricing-wise, I don't have anything for you. We, uh, we've been working on some other things in the in the office this week, so I haven't got any new pricing for you. SP Gain News has been out for about a week and a half now, maybe two weeks, and I still need some uh, help on that. If you guys want to send me over uh, any of your sales so I can verify them, I will be happy to do that. But new product-wise, we have a couple of, uh, say, well, new products. Um, first is 2018 Panini One Football. That's a new brand, new line. That's uh, I think it's a one. It looks it looks wonderful. So uh, that that's out. Comes out this week, actually. I'm sorry, I said that's out. That comes out this week. So tomorrow, uh, you should be looking for that. 2019 Donruss Racing is also out. Uh, that came out yesterday. And then 2019 Onyx Preferred Players, um, this is out tomorrow as well. It looks uh, like a beautiful baseball baseball product, and then oh, baseball like a signed baseball product. And then uh, finally, Breakers Row got the football edition, the basketball edition, and the baseball edition all hitting streets tomorrow for you to go consume and uh, just fall in love with, as I'm sure you will. All right. Um, like I said, we got a loaded show, so I, I can't spend a lot of time here up front, but I do want to lay it out for you. First up, we have my uh, my new friend, Mr. Joseph Gotch. He he is on the show. That might that name might not mean anything to you, but I think I think he's a wonderful young man. He's a he's a 24 year old world champion. Uh, he's a handball champion. You and I uh, guys my age might call it wall ball. But he is a handball champion, and he's coming to do us today courtesy of Black Diamond. I really appreciate the Black Diamond PR firm for uh, hooking up this interview. He's uh, he, he didn't collect sports cards. He collected Pokemon and, Yo- and Yu-Gi-Oh! But that, that's neither here nor there because the, the real story is his uh, his – <laughs> he, he his rise to, to championshiphood in, in wall ball, a game that we all loved as a kid. And then after that is Mr. David Prince. He is from uh, Piece of the Game, and he's got a lot of run today. He's, he's, he just had an article posted on him uh, on Beckett Media that Mr. Cracknell did, and then he's on this show today or with me right now, and then later tonight you can catch him on uh, GoGTS Live over there as they as they break down this beautiful product that's coming to market, hopefully uh, in a little later this year or a little later this spring. So um, it's going to be fun, a fun show, especially if you like like weird sports like uh, wall ball. I loved wall ball as a kid. So uh, listening to this young man speak about his 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 championship and a challenge that's been laid out to him now, I think it's really cool. And then uh, this this product piece of the game is going to be amazing when it finally hits streets. The 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 technology behind it and the way that they are bringing this to you uh, will absolutely instill trust in you Im- immediately because it's just a beautiful a beautiful product and, and and the way that they're they're presenting it will let you know that it's the real deal immediately so uh, i'm not going to waste any more time here i'm just going to jump right into joseph uh <laughs> that sounded weird we'll jump right into joseph's interview and then on the other side of that we'll have mr prince from a piece of the game and then we'll come back on the other side with a little beck at whatevs you guys hang tight and we'll be right back Hey, this is Jared with Pristine Auction, and you're listening to Fat Packs. All right, guys, coming up next year on the Fat Pack Show, man, I'm really excited about this. This is our first athlete of the year, and he happens to be a world champion. It's not Tom Brady. Sorry about that, but his name is Joseph. What's going on, Joe? How are you doing, buddy? Hey, how's it going, man? Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Man, I'm really, I'm really pumped that you're here. Uh, you're here courtesy of Black Diamond. I'm not going to say how I know uh, Brandy from Black Diamond, but I, I've known her for a while, and I really appreciate her uh, coming through and helping out here. I'm happy to get your message out there. 
But before we get into all that, please tell me, please just introduce yourself. Tell my listeners a little bit about yourself. What makes you tick? Sure. Well, um, you know, my name is Joseph Gosh, and that's Joseph with uh, F on the end. A lot of people put PH after I tell them my name. And, um, you know, I was born and raised in New York City, and right now I'm 24 years old. Um, you know, what makes me tick? Well, it's tough to answer that because, you know, there's a lot that makes me tick, and I'd love to talk about it all. But I guess I'll start by saying this. You know, I'm very blessed and fortunate to have been given such awesome parents. You know, my mom and dad didn't have much growing up, and they had big dreams. And I was incredibly lucky to have them because literally they sacrificed everything they had to give me opportunities and to experience as much stuff as possible. And, um, you know, being born into a family where uh, my father was a rugby player and a pro skier from Austria, and my grandfather was a professional bowler after he served in the war. So I guess, you know, playing sports growing up was always, you know, in my blood, so to speak. So I was a very hyperactive kid, and, you know, I was an average kid that had above-average dreams, only because my parents always gave me, you know, so much encouragement and you know, to be the best I could be no matter what, even my shortcomings or even just falling flat out on my face. So right now I just try to live, you know, my life by surrounding myself with people who are very goal-driven like myself and have high expectations for their futures and the circles of people they surround themselves with. And, you know, just to have a great and positive outlook on life and want nothing but to see people around them succeed and with whatever they want to do. Man, I, I can tell by by your social media accounts. I've been doing my little research, and you are a positive person. You you are a positive thinker, and that's that's really great. And I think that's part part of what got you to the success that you've seen in your sport, handball. But before we get to handball, I want to talk about just sports in general. You you, you mentioned, and there's lots of references throughout your social media about how you just grew up a sports fan. And growing up in New York, you really seem to love basketball. Were you a Knicks fan? Oh, man. I mean, I love the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love the Knicks. Uh, so what do, you th- what do you think about this trade recently with uh, Chris Tops coming down here to Dallas and you guys getting back uh, Dennis Smith Jr.? Well, I mean, it's, it's, I have mixed emotions about it. I mean, he's a great guy. You know, he, he has a bright future ahead of him. Um, personally, I always liked Dirk from the Mavs. Okay, yeah. And he was always a great player. So I have nothing against the Mavericks at all. I love that team. And I think it's great. Honestly, I think it's a, it's a great trade. I mean, I'm happy for them. Awesome. I'm, I'm, we're happy down here in Dallas for sure. So just to let you know, <laughs> we're, we're happy on this end of it. So who's your all-time favorite <laughs> athlete then? I mean, I mean who, who, who did you idolize growing up? Uh, well, that's a tough choice. There's, you know, there's quite a few people I definitely looked up to for you know different reasons. But um, if I had to choose an athlete, where I would say, you know, I want to be like that monster, I would have to say Kobe Bryant. You oh. know, just the way that he moved on the court, just like, you know, how he was the star of the show. He wasn't really that cocky. And he always gave his absolute best, even when he was hurt. You know, he never really complained about anything, about what was bothering him outside the game. You know, he was just laser-focused. And he only had one thing on his mind, and that was to be the best and to win. So I just love that mindset. You know, you said he wasn't that cocky. I have to disagree with you there, man. Kobe, Kobe ran Shaquille O'Neal out of Los Angeles so he could prove that he could do it by himself. And um, if you remember correctly, his final game, his final game in the NBA, he scored 60 points. Now, granted, he shot like 87 times, but he scored 60 points. That's the important thing, right? So it, uh, yeah, yeah. Kobe was – he man, he was a – there's a reason they call him the Black Mamba. He, he was an absolute killer on the court, and uh, he – he was just a thrill to watch, and that, that's great that you take some of your inspiration uh, from Kobe Bryant. Now, i got to ask you something about collecting because we're a collectibles podcast. Did your love of sports ever, ever like, translate into collecting, uh, say, sports cards or like even Pokemon or, or you know, Yu-Gi-Oh or something? I know that's popular with the, uh, with the guys around your age. Yeah, I was going to say, arguably enough, I definitely collected way more Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards at the given time. <laughs> Do you, like, were you rocking that Char- that Charizard uh, first edition? Because that's the big one out of uh, out of that Pokemon card. Oh yeah, man! Charizard was my favorite Pokemon. There you go. <laughs> awesome. But, um, you know, over I would say, um, my grandfather back then he he gifted me like a special uh, like a card holder book, mm-hmm. and um. 
he would give me a lot of baseball cards growing up. And I, I can't remember, you know, specifically the names of the cards that he gave me. Sure. But, you know, I, I would say my favorite card of all time to have was, you know, Derek Cheater. Of course. <laughs> I just loved Derek Cheater growing up. And I would, <laughs> I would be Derek Cheater on Halloween as a kid, too. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So can I, can I safely assume, then, that you're a Yankees fan and not a Mets fan? Yeah, you yeah. Can say that. <laughs> okay, that's that's the hey, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with the Yanks except for everybody in the world hates them except for people right there in New York. So that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> All right, so let's get into what you do, man. This is a you I'm fascinated by this. You play a game called uh, handball, but you know, most of the world would would call this wall ball. But for those in for those in the know, you guys call it handball, which is great. It's a it's a whole new like I had to look it up because there's an Olympic sport called handball that looks nothing like this. What led right. to your love for this particular sport? Well, you know, it was a it was a pretty long journey. I um, actually never heard about handball myself. Okay, you know, actually I came across this sport when I was in middle school, and um, you know, I remember how in the lunchroom the teachers would always take turns by calling out specific tables to go out first, you know, in order for it to be fair for the kids to get on certain areas of the playground so everyone can have fun equally. And, you know, I always saw the same few kids always sneak to specific tables because they knew which ones would be called out first just so they could run out to these handball courts. So, uh, you know, my friends that uh, were actually playing handball at the time, they would actually be the ones that were always running these courts. And they would have always a huge crowd of kids always watching them play. And, you know, me as a, you know, at the time playing soccer and basketball, I always loved that, you know, having the crowd there watching, cheering, you know, talking a little crap here and there, getting you, getting the adrenaline pumping. And, um, you know, I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to try this sport out because it seems like a lot of fun. There's a lot of fundamentals that apply to a lot of the sports nowadays. So I said, let me try it out. So I gave it a shot and I was absolutely terrible at it. My friends would laugh at me and say, Joe, come on. And, um, you know, <laughs> it was frustrating to the point where I said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get good enough so I can beat these guys. And um, if you didn't know by now, I uh, have a pretty addictive personality. And I would always like to jump into stuff and always give it 150%. And then I would fall off relatively kind of quick because I felt like I got to the point where I would be good enough to have fun with my friends, if ever they, you know, they wanted to play certain games on the, on the court or at a, at a park, like football or some volleyball at the beach, just some basic stuff. And, um, you know, I just love the fact that handball was so competitive. You know, it was more personal because there was less people on the court, a lot more emotions ran through the game. And the fact that it was also, it's a big community sport. So everyone is very, very tightly connected. And you can literally go to any handball court and you can call next. You can show up by yourself. You can pick up a person you don't even know. And you could immediately, you know, you can make new friends everywhere you went. So, you know, in that aspect, you know, I thought it was fascinating. And, you know, that's that's why I couldn't really let it go. You know, just I'm, I'm not I don't want to date myself, but I'm, I'm a little bit older than you. And I remember playing this uh, this game called wall ball Uh here on the here on the playgrounds in the Dallas Texas area, but watching you guys, you guys are like far more competitive than what we ever were. This is like really really personal. Is it that way? Because it's, I mean, it's a team sport. I guess if you have somebody on your team, but you can go out there and play one on one, and and you know, it's really competitive. It's is it is that true? Is that a true statement, or am I off base there? Oh no, it. It's very competitive. People come, at, people come at each other's throats over here when we play. <laughs> That's nuts, man. And, and like, does it ever get to blows? I mean, I hope not. But does it get to that? Does it get that way? Well, you know, just like any sport, it it's possible. Mm -hmm. It's definitely possible. You know, it's happened every now and then. But you know, it's just the competitiveness, and people people express themselves on the court differently than what they do off the court. You know, everyone that I've seen that gets very into it and they're very excited you know they they have a lot of love for a lot of people and they have a lot of love for the game too so you know it happens understood i understand i mean it's like it's like that with everything i get it man so all right you're a professional athlete and i know that athletes have this 
crazy daily routine of some some sort of training. What does a day in the life of, of, of Joseph look like? I mean, it's what, what are you waking up and doing, and how long are you spending tra- spending training? Well, you know, handball is great for you know for a few reasons. Well, for a lot of reasons. I'm just going to name a few. Well, first of all, I'm fortunate enough to be in New York where there's handball courts all over the place. And um, there are a lot of popular courts where a lot of professional players play very competitively. Hold on. Wait, i got to stop you right there. Of, I'm sorry. i got to stop you right there. Okay. Are you saying this is like the Rucker? Like you guys have profe- like better courts where, where everybody goes to the Rucker to play basketball? You guys have stuff like that for handball? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's, it's okay. And um, there's a lot of handball courts where it's basically, you know, a community of people that just live around the area. And I live in Bayside, Queens. So there's a lot of great community parks where it's just a good time to hang out and play great games, mix and match team members and all that. So, you know, the way my day will go is I'm not, I would wake up. I'm not the breakfast type of guy. You know, I would roll out of bed and immediately pray that it's nice outside. Sure. Look out the window. And if the sun is shining, you know, I just throw on all the, I just throw on any clothes that I see right next to me. And I just get to the park as soon as possible. Because if you show up even 10 minutes past, like, let's say 2 p.m. on a nice day, you'll be sitting down waiting for a couple of hours just waiting for a match. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah. And each game approximately would last maybe between 20 to 30 minutes. So it just makes the suspense and, you know, the, the adrenaline so much higher because when it's your turn to play, you know that you have to have the attitude to play and you got to have the um, – you know, play to the death sure. of, you know, feeling. Because when you want to get on the court, you want to you want to win so you can remain on the court so you can bang out as many games a day as possible. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would try to at least, if I'm lucky and fortunate enough, I would play at least between six to eight games a day until the sun comes down. And, um, you know, at night, I would go to the gym and... Out here we have, you know, the YMCA, LA Fitness, I'm sure you guys have out there too, where people play on the racquetball courts with a different variation of handball called four-wall handball. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah, just I would play as much handball as I possibly could because I'm just addicted to the game. (laughs) Sure, sure. But that, that all pays off, man, and that's highlighted by the fact that you're a world champion. Tell me about this. How? Walk me down, recount. Recount the steps for me. What did you do to become and earn the title world champion? Well, it's all funny how it started because uh, in New York, I was always, a lot of people over here, we always throw our own, you know, tournaments every weekend, every other weekend. And um, I never thought about taking it to the extreme. You know, it, it was a great hobby. I enjoyed having fun with friends and talking a little crap here and there. You know, all in good fun, obviously. But then I started to think back on my life and started to rethink my love for sports and where I wanted to be and where I wanted to go. And I've always wanted to be in the Olympics one day. And I always wanted to say, like, oh, yeah, I got a gold medal, you know, from the Olympics. And um, I wanted the opportunity for my family to see me compete on TV and have me wave at them and thank them for all the hard work and the efforts, you know, raising me the way that they did and thanking God for giving me the courage just to go for it. So, you know, at that moment, sadly, you know, as of right now, even handball isn't in the Olympics yet, but, you know, we're all very dedicated to make it happen. But um, we do have our own version of it, as, you know, we call it the Worlds, and it's hosted once every three years. And I said to myself, if this is the version of the Olympics, you know, I just got to go for it. Mm-hmm. And if I need to tear myself up on the court, in order to achieve it, you know, I will because, you know, I want this more than anything. And I felt like I wanted this more than anybody else. So, you know, I did everything I could, Eric. You know, I started to do yoga more. I started getting more frequent massages, you know, infrared sauna treatments, cupping treatments. Um, I checked out cryotherapy, you know, the cold, the cold air thing that blows on your skin. And I just did anything possible to just help give my body the boost that it needed while going through a lot of training methods and getting the mental right. And um, the one thing that I can say that helped me out the most is, you know, every night before I went to sleep, I just pictured myself, you know, crying tears of joy, 
holding that medal. You know, I just kept manifesting myself having it, and I just kept picturing how specific volleys in the game would go and how it would turn out. You know, amazing comeback plays from being injured, from diving, this and that, like you name it. I just basically thought of every possible scenario that I could have possibly went through in order to, you know, win my matches. And, um, you know, just keeping my vision, vision as sharp as possible, I think is what made it happen for me. I saw you do some, uh, you were like at a sports science thing. If I'm wrong, help, help me out. You were at a sports science uh, facility, and they had you doing, like, these little lights would show up, and you had to hit them with your hand and react quickly. What was that like? That was awesome. Um, I actually got reached out to, and uh, the facility is called the New York Sports Science Lab okay. out here in Staten Island. And I never, I never heard of specific ways to train with any sport. Besides the usual, go to the gym, use resistance bands, you know, go against the grain. And they basically introduced me to a way where you, you do a lot of cognitive training. Okay. And you work areas of the brain to manipulate the movements in your body. And I was fascinated because I was like, wow, this technology is just, you know, it's bizarre. <laughs> sure. I've never heard anything like it. I've never seen anything like it. And I thought it was pretty neat because they were able to assess a lot of imbalances in my body so to speak and um i'm a righty but okay. i i i've trained myself to use my left hand not to the pinnacle of where i would love it to be but you know training with them a little bit helped me see areas where i can improve and how i can improve it to get myself more ambidextrous like it was it was dope that's awesome man i was watching that video and i was like this is this is unlike anything i've ever seen for a sport you know that well, it's a sport, definitely, but it's a game that we played as kids. But to be able to to lift you to that to that next level is is awesome, and it's great that you took away things from there that are going to help you get there to that next level. Now, with that being said, um, I see that you've you've kind of been called out here recently, and you're going to be making a trip here uh, in late February to go play in the Euro Championships. What's up with this, man? What, how did this happen? Well, um, man. I just got word from a good friend of mine. He plays for uh, Team Puerto Rico, and he brought it to my attention that hey man, there's a big, there's a big tour going on all over Europe, and um, they're taking the game of handball to the extreme, to you know a very professional level, and um, you know I wanted to be a part of it, and I just thought it was amazing that you know during the world out here in America, I've met a lot of awesome people that came from Europe and from all places of the world, honestly. And even they told me, hey, Joe, this is going to be a great event. You know, you should come out here. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And um, I personally never been outside of the States yet. So okay. it's going to be my first ever event and my first ever trip leaving the country. So that kind of also motivated me to go out there and just, you know, see what it's like outside of America and to meet more people and, you know, just, just to, you know, have a great time and, have a lot of fun, basically. Awesome, man. I, I'm, I can't wait to follow up and see how that, uh, how that turns out for you. All right. When, when you're not training and winning, what does downtime look like for you? What are you, what are you doing to relax? <laughs> I do okay, Eric. <laughs> I win all the time. But, you know, honestly, handball, the sport itself doesn't really have a lot of downtime. Okay. The, you know, the majority of the time uh, where I'm not faced with the injury we do have a lot of indoor locations that a lot of players go to when it's cold outside. You know, um, one of them being the very famous indoor uh, Zuriga handball spot, and um, the other one being A1 Sports out on Long Island. A lot of the gyms, like YMCA, like I mentioned earlier, they have the racquetball courts where people prepare for the winter tournaments mm -hmm. where we compete in the four-wall opens. And, um, you know, if I'm faced with an injury, however, I just, you know, I just focus on getting the mind right. You know, I listen, I like listening to knowledgeable podcasts and keeping the mental game strong. And now I'm keeping up more with the yoga and, you know, a little bit of, I don't like lifting heavy anymore. Mm -hmm. So I just like to lift, you know, light and just keep the strength there pretty much. But, you know, that's, that's what I like to do in my downtime. That sounds, that yoga, man, I got into that DDP yoga here recently and um, yoga is not for the faint of heart. It, it can be very... 
it's relaxing, yes, but it can be. It's a hell of a workout if you're doing it properly. So uh, I, I've seen some oh, video. Yeah. I've seen some videos of you uh, stretching and doing some yoga, man. I'm like, that, that. I don't know if I can do all that, but uh, more power to you, brother. <laughs> more power to you. Um, Thanks, Eric. I know you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that I noticed uh, from your social media, and I love. Is like you're you're a hip hop fan, which you know you're from, from you're from New York, so that makes a lot of sense. But what you might not know about me, because I grew up in the most country place ever, is I'm a huge hip hop fan too. So I, I got to know from one hip hop head to another, what's some stuff like what's what's some who are some artists out there that really get you going, get you in the mood to uh to you know get hype. Oh boy, yo, um, let's see. I mean, I love hip hop, and um, uh, it's such a tough decision. Because there's a lot of great artists out there. Sure. And I can relate to what a lot of them have to say. I'm sure you do, too. Mm-hmm. So it's very tough. But, you know, if I had to bring it down to who would I meet out of all the hip-hop artists that I love to listen to, I would have to go with Eminem. Yeah, okay. I mean, um, he's, you know, he's, he's a hip-hop king for a reason, so... That makes a lot of sense, yeah. man. That, that makes a lot of sense. All right, man, we're going to start wrapping this up. But before we do, uh, I just want to mention Black Diamond again. You're coming to us on courtesy of Black Diamond. What does it mean to have such a great firm behind you like that and really helping get your message out there? Oh, man. Well, I mean, shout out to Brandy and the team. I mean, they're absolutely incredible. You know, I was honestly so shocked when they called me and said, you know, we want to take you on board. And, you know, they, they told me that they also enjoy Challenge. And they see handball going places, and that really, you know, they really felt me out and saw how passionate I was, and that really touched me even more. You know, I think handball would definitely break barriers, and more people will start to see the beauty and competitiveness in the sport. And I have Brandy and her team to, at the Black Diamond Firm to thank for that, because in reality, you know, nobody got anywhere without a little bit of help. And um, I just feel so honored and humbled to be part of such a strong and caring team, and they really treat me like family. That you know, um, I said earlier, I, I won't say now how I know Brandy, but I've known Brandy my whole life, uh, literally my whole life. She was my next door neighbor, so uh, I, I could tell you from, from a kid the passion that she had, and I'm, I'm just so proud to see her uh, really push that forward into her professional career, and even uh, when she is you know, off the clock, the things that she does to still better herself and help get get the name of, 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 you know, like Joseph Gotch out there. I really appreciate that because she's, she's working for the betterment of everybody. And it's really cool to see. So uh, you guys are going to hear some more, uh, some more athletes come your way, courtesy of black diamond. And I just want to thank you for being the first one of those athletes. I really appreciate it. It's not bad. when you can start your, start your week off with a conversation with a, with a world champion. And I'm, I'm so happy that you were uh, available to join us and uh, made yourself available here on the podcast, answering a bunch of questions about collecting and, 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 Pokemon and handball that uh, honestly I didn't know I didn't know much about two of the three things so uh, you've, you've helped, you you helped educate me I really appreciate that man no dude first of all thank you for having me man I had a great time that's great man so uh, before we get out of here um, please let my listeners know where they can follow you and you got the I think you have one of the greatest Twitter handles and Instagram handles I've ever seen please let please let them know what it is and where they can find you at <laughs> thanks <laughs> alright well my Instagram my Instagram is late to work, and I chose that because it was my, my license plate. Okay. <laughs> so I said, you know, I got to go for it. I'm going to see if it's available. So it's late to work, L-A-T-E, number two, W-R-K. Or you can also just type in my name, Joseph, with the F on the end, Gotch, G-O-T-S-C-H. And that is also my Twitter handle. Joseph Gotch is my Twitter handle. Thank right. you, Eric. I appreciate it, man. A quick reminder that this week's show is brought to you by Badger Breaks. Find them on Facebook by searching for Badger Breaks or just check out their website, badgerbreaks.com, to get involved in some of the best breaks in the hobby. All right, coming up next here is, uh, I'm going to call him a new friend, Mr. Mr. David Prince from Piece of the Game. This is a product that you've all seen on Twitter uh, and social media roll out and how beautiful it looks, and I'm finally to be able to get him on the show. Uh, thanks for working with my schedule today, show uh, on today's show, sir, uh, as we had to rearrange a couple of times. I really appreciate that. But let's just get started. Uh, can, you, can you give my listeners a little bit of background about yourself and your experience in the hobby? No problem, guys. I really appreciate you having me doing on the show. Uh, it's a it's a pleasure. Uh, so uh, I was collecting uh, at a young age. Uh, you know, I was your typical sixteen year old. 
uh, going to card shows and selling and buying and trading cards. Uh, I loved it from a young age, you know, the, the 80s, late 80s era to early 90s. And uh, I kind of fell out of the hobby. But, you know, I was fun all the way up to, like, distributor level, you know, selling boxes and cases and, 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 and working in the business that way. I really loved everything about it, you know, when you had Upper Deck, Tops, and all the big brand-name companies. Uh, so it was fun. And then uh, the real world hit. I had to go to college and, uh, and get a job. So I went into the packaging industry, which I created uh, labeling and containers for, for clients who sell products at retail. Uh, so that's kind of what I've been doing the last 14 years. Uh, I have a beautiful family with uh, three children, uh, Mikey, David, and Vivian. And uh, my boys uh, are big into uh, youth baseball and travel baseball. And it kind of refired the, the, my soul, so to speak, on the whole baseball cards. Uh, we, we bought a pack at the now defunct Toys R Us one day, and uh, that was it. It kind of like turned the switch, and I got back into it, and Jumped on eBay, and uh, and then the, the story starts from there. Uh, we started buying some Bowman cards, and uh, it was like I just got right back into the hobby, you know. And so now it's with my kids, showing them how to buy, sell, trade, and collect so they can grow their collection. And that's kind of where I came from to where we are now. That's just like that old... Uh was it was it the Godfather? Every time I try to get out, they pull me right back in. It's it's the truth. You got, right? you got that a hundred percent right. I think I'll be ninety years old. Hopefully, I live that long and still open the packs. I re- I really do enjoy it, and I'm happy that I I love the look in my children's eyes, especially my two boys when they open that pack, and it, it just brings me back to when I was a kid. It's really enjoyable. I completely understand. All right, I, typically, I would follow up here with some some questions about you know what got you into collecting and everything, but I, w- I wanted to just jump right into a piece of the game because this is a really cool product, I think. Um, I, w- I want to just, just dis- discuss what I think will be considered one of the best products of the, of the hobby, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not just tugging your chain there. I'm, I'm being real serious. Tell me what sparked this concept with you and, and, and what made you want to bring, bring this whole avenue, of, uh, uh, this new avenue to collecting. Sure, I really appreciate it. So, uh, so can you can continue on the story? Uh, I was turning uh, 40 years old last year uh, in December, and uh, not last year, 2017. And uh, baseball, uh, baseball, I was always into it. So they released um, Tops Transcendent, what it was, and you know, it was a thirty thousand dollar product. And you know, my wife was like, "You're crazy," but I got into the group break thing. So me and the boys been watching on the internet all these breaks and how it was happening, and how you can buy just your team, and all that kind of stuff. So long story short, we got into a transcendent break. It was a treat uh, for my birthday. And in that break, the item that I won was one of these painted art balls that were done by either Monty Sheldon or Murray Sito uh, from Japan. And I was blown away by this thing. Like, the second I opened the package uh, from when the breaker sent it to me, it just grabbed my eye. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, wow, there's, you know, a, a baseball. I was like, and this artwork, it's really incredible. And so I'm sitting here thinking and thinking, and I kept looking at it in my office. And then I wound up going on eBay and buying another one that somebody sold, the Buster Posey. And I'm like, these things are just incredible. I'm like, I'm like this product from Topps is incredible. I'm like, but this is tops. I'm like, how do these things not have signatures on them? How are these baseballs that they're being used, that they weren't very relevant game-used balls? They were pretty generic. And I'm like, man, I was like, Topps is, you know, the biggest trading card company in the world. I was like, I, I, I look up to them. Their, their products are incredible. I was like, how, don't, how can't they take this to the next level? So I, I, I sat there with my, my nine-year-old, Mike, and we started brainstorming. And we were just like, man, maybe we can call one of these artists. Maybe we can get game-use balls that are more relevant, like actually hits and uh, MLB debut games and, and record-breaking balls from Major League Baseball and bring this thing to a level that's never been seen. And so kind of that's what happened. I, I reached out to both artists. Uh, one of them was under contract with Topps. Uh, the other one, Monty Sheldon, uh, it was a blessing that we hit it off the first time I called him out of the out of the blue, and we just started talking and building a relationship. And uh, me and my boys started building the product and, and how we saw it being unique and different and giving the collecting world something it's never seen before. And then we started putting questions out to people on forums on something they'd like to see. And I know the biggest complaint of people in the hobby is that nobody listens to them. 
and you know they don't get exactly what they want all the time and i'm assuming it's because of dollars and cents and so for me you know being a, a standalone little guy I, I was able to do whatever they wanted and something that i thought was cool so we kind of put together the idea for baseball authenticated masterpieces and uh, that's how the whole product came to fruition that's awesome man so um you mentioned Monty as an artist. He, he's great, but um, what, I mean, did he have to like demo for you what he could do? I mean, I, I know he's out there and you've probably seen his work before, but did you have to see what his work would look like on a ball and then say the first time you did see it, were you just blown away? Uh, pretty pretty much. I, I knew of him. I knew of his work from buying the Transcendent Balls. And I was like, I was like, these are, these are pretty incredible. And I was like, and so what I did was after our conversation, we did, we sent him our first ball ever, which was the Chris Bryant that you'll see of the portrait shot of him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he kept me in the loop. He started sending pictures of the sketch and he started sending pictures about as it was progressing. And I asked him to document the whole thing. And then he looked down and he's like, Oh man, he's like, dude, this isn't like an actual double that Chris Bryan hit. I was like, yeah, I was like, we're going to get it signed too. I was like, and these balls are going to be like the best collectible you could ever want. Touched by the player, hit by the player. It's a real stat. Uh, and you know, the things you love about cards is that you love these jersey cards and these rookie patch autos because they're, they're pieces of the game, so to speak. And so why not own the whole stat? Why not, not cut the ball? the whole call that they hit for a single. Mm -hmm. So uh, Monty sent me his first, uh, you know, mock-up, so to speak, of the Bryant. And uh, me and my boys opened it, and we were blown away. I, I couldn't stop looking at it. These things pull you in. His artwork pulls you into a level that it's really hard to explain. But you can't, really, you can't stop staring at them. They're very photogenic. And when I tell you, if you see them in person, they knock you off your chair, literally. It's incredible. So... So you, you mentioned something there that uh, you said you're going to get it signed. So these balls are not coming to you signed. You're not buying these. Uh, you're not sourcing these already signed. Basically, you're buying authenticated balls. And then that sounds really weird. That <laughs> came off the tongue wrong. Uh, you're, you're buying authenticated pieces and uh, from, from MLB uh, or, or what have you. And then you have then the player signs them afterwards. Pretty much uh, for the most part. That's about 80 percent correct. Some of the harder-to-find baseballs, they could come from Steiner or they could come from Fanatics where they were already game-used and they were already signed. And as an example, uh, we have a judge ball. There's actually two of them uh, in the set that were game-used from when he broke the 50-second home run record uh, at Yankee Stadium. So those balls already came from Steiner signed, authenticated from LB, MLB, and already game-used. So then we sent those balls off to Monty to paint. Now, a lot of them I source from MLB, and I work with all these MLB team authentication stores myself calling them every day when events happen and things happen and we bring them in and then we lock up the balls to signings or meeting these guys in the fall league or spring training or at a charity event uh, anywhere we can get it signed uh, and authenticated and that's how pretty much the process works for sourcing them that makes a lot of sense now that you say that lay it out like that but uh, one one important thing is is this concept that you've created called baseball identity and how it correlates to the piece of the memorabilia's true identity. Why don't you go ahead and break down what base the concept behind baseball identity is? Sure, that's kind of like the hidden jewel to the company and to what we're doing here. It's something that I'm working on patenting. We are in the patent pending process. It's being reviewed. So what a baseball identity is this? It's pretty much what happened at, at that day. The identity mm -hmm. of baseball. It's the story of the baseball. So you know... It's true origin, and that's been the biggest hurtful thing in the hobby with, you know, you run into people with fakes, and is it real, and all this stuff, and it's really come a long way. MLB authentication system is incredible. It's moved the game use market by leaps and bounds, which I think has a tremendous way to go, because people just want to own parts of the game, you know. So, uh, but what the identity does for us is this. So we take all the components, your MLB authentication, uh, we take your autograph authentication, uh, whether it's certified by Beckett, JSA, uh, Major League Baseball authenticated, Authentics, uh, Fanatics, uh, everybody. Uh, we put it all in one spot. So that identity is going to tell you everything. It's going to show you all your certifications when they were obtained. It's going to show you when the ball was painted, the dates, 
uh, sketches of its progression, the whole thing. Now, when you when you enter these holograms on MLB, it's great, but they give you pretty much a blurb. Who pitched the ball? Who hit it? Some of the exiting velocity speeds and what it was. They don't fill in the blanks. We do. We tell you the day of the event, the temperature, who was the umpire and crew, what was the box score, what was the player's mindset at that point in the pen and chase or the day on when the event happened and what he did. Uh, we, we label everything so you know what hit it was in his career, what RBI it was, uh, was it an MLB debut. Everything regarding the event from that day is documented on this hologram, which we have our hologram on these balls also, and you can enter it into our database, and up comes this identity, and it gives you the true story and everything about the collectible you're holding in your hand. That, um, God, that really helps. That that just... For a collector, for a guy that, so I used to, I, I've told this story before on the show, but I used to work for the Seattle Mariners and I sold game used, okay. uh, same, sold game used my items uh, during the game. So basically everything that I, I saw, everything you just described uh, in the yeah. game. So the foul ball would get hit or, you know, it, the ball bounces over the wall or whatever. And uh, somebody from MLB authenticates it. And it, then it comes directly to my sto- my shop. And it was right behind, mm-hmm. uh, right behind home base. And the, I could fill, I could fill in those blanks, but knowing that you guys are filling in the blanks uh, before this product goes to mar- to market and, the, and a collector can look down and see every, everything and every step of the process. That's a, that's a wonderful concept, man. Um, that's something that is really needed with, with a product like this. And I think you've done a really good job of uh, being forward with that. And, I think it's going to help help you uh, sell a lot of baseballs. Well, well, as you know, documentation is key, and we hired early on two stat analysts uh, and pretty much a review team that create these for me. And and I'll and I'll be honest with you, it's great because we found errors. We have found things that don't add up and don't make sense, and we don't include that ball in the product just because you know authentication uh, with the MLB game use stuff is new. They have an authenticator. There's a lot going on. We actually pull up the video and the images from when the event occurred and make sure the current the, the sequence of events was, is correct and is documented correctly so we can give you the full picture. And we, we feel that's really important uh, because you know everything. Uh, even like all our signatures, uh, some of them are, are, are done uh, at fields. So we then send those balls to JSA and Beckett, and they're all authenticated. We want to make sure that everybody is fully confident in what they're buying and that they know the origin. And the coolest part is Monty uses his reference photos from actual images of the day the ball was harvested. So the reference photos we're shooting for, and this is not 100%, but almost 85%, other balls are a shot from the guy of the day where the ball was collected. That's great, man. That that is so fantastic, because uh, you're coming to market with like almost an instant trust factor that otherwise is as you're otherwise a new company and you know no one has a reason to trust you. But you're putting all this out there and you're saying this is why you should trust us. So speaking of coming to market, though, what's up? When, when is this going to be available? <laughs> That's the the million dollar question. <laughs> so so long story short, we had visions of this first releasing. Uh, Black Friday in 2018, and, and we just we just couldn't hit the deadline. And then so our new deadline is for opening day, March 28th, uh, 2019. Now, I wish I can say it's 100% going to hit, but I just don't know yet. Because the factor is, is I have one artist who's been doing this for 20 years, painting 150 of these. Monty puts every ounce of blood, sweat, and tears into these balls and does not let one out unless it's absolutely perfect, which is why we call him a masterpiece. Over 21 hours of hand-painted into each one, and we didn't really realize that, okay, he's done 10 before for tops, he's done five here, he's done personal collectors, one here or there, but he's never done 150. And each one of these is one-in-one and different and hand-done. So there's been some wear to him uh, you know, going through the process, but I, but I love him because he has not let a ball come to be. That's not perfect. So we're shooting for March 28th, but uh, hopefully that works out. There's still about 10 balls, 15 balls to get painted, and uh, it's, it's going to be a tight timeline. Okay, well, that's just, that's just right around the, the uh, around, right around first pitch of the, of the regular season, so that would be great if you guys actually hit market. That would be awesome. Um, I, saw something, I saw something else you guys were doing that was I thought was – really cool was the personal authenticated masterpieces program. Tell me what that is because what the images I saw with it, 
and the concept behind it are, are really cool, but I think my listeners would love to know about it. Yeah, and to be honest, that that personal concept is the real is the real piece of the game company that I'm going to move forward with. These balls were meant to do a new set every year. It's just number one, it's not possible, mm-hmm. and number two, it's it's a very high end special thing. So will it be second series and third series? If it does well, yes. But the the goal of the company is to bring this to to, to the home to the home level. So I have two boys, nine and seven, that play baseball. How cool would it be to do the same exact thing for them? So let me give you the breakdown. So a parent's out his little league game. Your son hits a home run or a base hit. They call timeout and ask for the ball. So now your sports, your sports harvester is your parent. He collected the ball. They send that. They have their son or daughter sign the sweet spot, take a picture of them doing it, and they send it to us. We hologram it, we authenticate it, we create a history and timeline, a baseball identity for it, with everything like we would do for an MLB player. We then send the ball out to Monty and a few other artists who will be able to paint these. And uh, you're going to have a custom portrait of your son or daughter on their baseball or on their softball that sits on their desk. And that's something that's just so unique. And the coolest part is you're in the same database as Mike Trout, Derek Jeter, and all these other guys with your own little personal authenticated masterpiece. At a price point, that's much more affordable than these because you're not working on game-used canvases that cost us a fortune to get when they, on some of these record balls. Uh, but, and it's something that's just so different. I'm in so many offices and I've been in so many meetings. Everybody loves their family more than anything. So how cool to actually have your son's first home run with his face on it in the same theme that we're doing with these pro balls for, for, for your family. You know, my first thought there was like, what if what if my kid throws a no-hitter or like my kid goes four for four that day with, you know, seven RBIs or whatever, and he got all four of those balls signed and then ultimately, you know, art artwork put on them. That would be a cool, cool little display uh, to have. But displays are something that I actually, something else that I actually wanted to talk about because you guys have created this beautiful display case what went into this, and are these are these going to be available for sale too? Yeah, they are, and I'll give you. As I said in the beginning, my background was packaging. Mm-hmm. So if there's anything I did right in this whole thing, it has to be the packaging. So the packaging should knock you in your chair. I mean, it, it's out of this world. Uh, what we did was, I knew very early on that I wanted these boxes to be made of the same bat material as baseball bats. So we used maple wood and ash wood to create them. Uh, and they have LED lighting. They're all made by hand. It has a custom little uh, baseball knob to pull out a drawer. Uh, so in the set, there's two versions. There's a, there's a big box, which is a case, which holds 10 balls. Now, this product is randomized like a baseball card product. So when you order one, you do not know who you're going to get. That's kind of, the, that's kind of the, the hidden mystery. It's like opening a very expensive pack. And you do not know who's going to get inside, and that helps create a market to buy, sell, trade them, and move them around to help to build sets. And these boxes are LED lit. There's uh, 10 random balls in a box with custom engraving. Each case is numbered. And then I have single single ball cases, which can display your single balls. It's a small version of the big version. LED lighting has the logo and branding on it, and those can be purchased on our website. That's that's awesome. So basically, you you've covered. This is, sounds really punny. Uh, you've covered all your bases here. So it's uh, pretty much. <laughs> that's, <laughs> tried that, to that's, really try to think this out, and and I got to be honest with you guys, doing it with your kids and creating a business with them and seeing their eyes and then help you develop it. It's been a, an amazing experience, and I hope this thing does well, and, and I think it will. But it's just to do it with them has been has really opened my eyes. I mean, it's it's been phenomenal. That's. That's so great, man! That you're getting to spend time with your kids and do this, and ho- and you're going to be. A, I'm, I'm telling, I'm not just washing your balls. Again, pun. Uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's so great to see something new like this hit the market. I don't, I don't personally think it, there's ever been like a whole product run like this ever before. So this is going to be great. But speaking of great, you guys gave away a Mickey Mantle ball. Who who does that? Why why would you why would you just give a Mickey Mantle ball away? Well, tell me about that. Wait, wait, wait. We do. <laughs> well, we wanted to drive some attention. We're new, as you know. Uh, we have most of our traffic goes through our at Baseball Fine Art Twitter page, uh, where we post new things every day and new balls for everybody to see. And we've been unveiling everything. 
transparency is really important to us and the full checklist on seeing how special all these balls are. Uh, as you know, we were the first ever to paint on a Babe Ruth ball. I know some people are aggravated with us, but there's many. There's quite a few Babe Ruth balls out there, and we chose a special one, and it's inserted into this product, and we painted on it. Nice. Uh, and to drive attention, we did give away a Mickey Mantle masterpiece. Now, as you know, uh, back from that era, we can't game use or authenticate it to that level. Mm-hmm. We can only guarantee error and that it was signed by Mantle and it's all authenticated and then Monty did his thing to it. So we gave it away to a lucky customer, Tom Harrington, uh, actually pre-ordered quite a few of our baseballs, uh, was the winner uh, of that. It was a drawing. Every time you followed us, you got an entry. Uh, every time you purchased a pre-order with one of our pre-sellers, uh, like blowout cards or, or Steel City, uh, you got 50 entries. And uh, Tom won that baseball, and it's going to be actually shipped to him in the next few days. Let me tell you the easiest way if, to, for you to know if a Mickey Mantle uh, item is real. If it smells like booze, it's it's real. Then then you know it's real. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've heard that. We had a real nice fine ball that we used uh, in, in the masterpiece, uh, which was authenticated by JSA. And I can't say enough about the authenticators. From JSA to Beckett uh, to uh, PSA uh, to actually MLB, the, all these guys have opened their arms to us, and, and, it, and it's been awesome. Um, and I think we created something special. And just to add to that, because it's a very important cause for myself, uh, I'm on the board of a charity called 3up3down.org. Uh, we're a full 501c3 non-for-profit. And uh, 10% of this entire revenue from this product, not profit, but 10% of the entire revenue, because I really don't care if there's a profit, is going to be gone to the charity. So I'm hoping to write them a big check. Uh, we promote youth baseball because our numbers are declining in baseball all over the country, and we all love the sport, and we have to give back to it. And we also promote kids who want to play youth baseball that have developmental disabilities, which is a big thing to some of my founders of the charity. I'm on the board. Uh, I'm one of the founder has a special needs child, and we really want to build an inclusion park so the handicapped kids can play baseball just like everybody else. It's a really special thing. So I'm looking in these next few weeks to partner with Little League and hopefully some of these big athletes who are signing our baseballs. They seem to love them when, when they see them. And you see that we have a few pictures of them seeing their baseball for the first time. We're hoping some of them partner with us and that we get this inclusion park off the ground and running because it's a real special cause and, and we want to be a part of it. That's awesome, man. That's such a great great thing to be doing. Uh, special needs uh, children have a place special place in my heart as well my mother has been a special needs teacher for as long as i can remember so uh getting to interact getting to interact with them and um not just see the joy when they're included in things on their face is is a beautiful thing so you guys are doing a great thing that means my listeners just need to go uh pre-order these uh if, if you still can um all right, for the for the time being, this looks like it's just a baseball product. But are there any uh, future hopes of maybe a football line or like like a hockey puck? A hockey puck would uh, hold art very well. Anything like that in the future? There, there's a, depending how the response on this. We plan on going into hockey. We plan on going into baseball. We plan on going into football. Everything because I think we can do it on everything. Uh, they won't all be Monty Sheldon. There's an array of artists who do incredible work. I look at a few every week to add them to the portfolio and possibly work something out with them. Uh, our next product will probably most likely be game-use baseball jerseys. Uh, we're working on the details of that. But uh, I'd really like to turn the authentication program on its head as far as all the sports, as far as NFL, NBA, uh, all of them. I think uh, MLB is on the frontier on what they've been doing with game-use. And I think the market for game use is just going to explode. And that's why I named the company Piece of the Game. No one loves more than to own a piece of the game and the game that they were at and a game they participated in and it is in their memory. So why not give them that? I mean, people love spending money on something cool and special. Why not do something you can display and talk about with your family and your friends? And I think that's the direction the company's going. And me and my boys have a lot of great ideas to give fans the documentation and the proof and the things that are necessary, I think, for this business to strive awesome. and, uh, and go forward. Awesome. Uh, man, I'm just so thankful again for your time today. I really appreciate it. And again, thanks for being flexible with me. Uh, so I'm going to get you out of here because I want to I want to respect your time. Also, lunch is calling my name, so I, I got to go grab that too. But um, before we get out of here, can you let my listeners know where they can follow you on social media and go ahead and put your website out there for me too? 
Yeah, sure. We're, you can follow us on peaceofthegame.net. Uh, the website's in its early stages because we've been uploading daily all these identities and making sure everything works. Yeah. So it's not 100% live. It's like a stock launch. But our main page is uh, at Baseball Fine Art on Twitter. We up there on it every day. We also have Instagram and Facebook. And we try to keep everybody with as much information as possible. And also feel free to look at our charity page to see some of the good things we're doing. That's 3u3d.org. And you can learn about all the special events we have and, and how we're really trying to make a, make a special cause for the community. All right, guys, please go check that out. Um, it's again, you've, you've been, if you're following us on Twitter at all, you see these things because uh, we retweet them and they're, they're awesome. So, uh, you, again, we had a, Beckett Media Post today, Ryan Cracknell did. He's on with me right now to, today, and then tonight he's going to be uh, on with Rob and Ivan over on GoGTS. So you're going to get a lot of piece of the game today, but that's okay because it's a great company and you guys need to know about it. Uh, guys, hang tight. I'll be right back on the other side of this break. Mr. Prince, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. You guys are a class act. I appreciate it. Hey, this is Brandon. Hey, this is Kurt. And we're ripping vintage packs. And you're listening to Fat Packs Podcast. All right, back-to-back interviews there for you. Mr. Joseph Gotch from uh, Mr. World Champion. I guess we'll just call him Mr. Worldwide, Mr. Champion. Mr. Worldwide is Pitbull or Pitbull. We can't, uh, I guess we can't call him that. And then, of course, uh, Mr. David Prince, who is uh, the owner, operator, and creator of a piece of the game. And that's coming to you very soon. I'm looking forward to that hitting markets and, and, and just – I, I want to see how it does. I, th- I think it's going to do, do wonderful. They gave away a Mickey Mantle ball, a freaking Mickey Mantle ball. Who does that? Who's, who gives away a, a, a signed Mickey Mantle ball? Piece of the game does, and I think it was a wonderful thing that they did. So uh, congratulations to the winner, and thank you again to both Joseph and David for coming on the show with me. I really appreciate it. Um, now, let's move along. I said I mentioned the NBA dead, trade deadline uh, is near, and it, and it is. It, my, these are my favorite days, especially on the NBA trade deadline because there seems to be a lot of action uh, around big-name players. Everybody is watching Anthony Davis and, and what might happen today. They're watching New Orleans, New Orleans and, and Boston and, and, and Los Angeles. So all that seems to be dormant at this time which is interesting uh i don't know if i'm if i'm new orleans i'm just hanging on to the end there and not i'm not going to move him and i'll just wait to see what happens this summer however if you want to get something back i guess that's smart too so uh that's happening mirror tricks just got moved uh to the bucks i believe from new orleans uh there's some talk around enos Cantor. there's a lot of stuff going on and I'm, uh, i love nba trade day, trade deadline day i think it's far better than uh, any of the other sports so um that's that's that i hope that i hope that davis does get moved to los angeles because so i can see lebron just destroy another team but um that's my selfish want. NBA free free agency this summer is going to be a big deal too with with Davis if he if he doesn't get traded and signed somewhere, and then Kyrie Irving and Clay Thompson and Kemba Walker. The, the list just goes on and on. So it's going to be a lot of fun uh, in the next few months to see what happens. And then the All Star game is next weekend and. The, and Oh, is it next weekend? I believe it is next weekend. And the dunk contest, and that's my favorite part still, even though it's all played out and we've seen them all, I still get hyped up for it. And speaking of getting hyped up, I'd tell you who's going to have a hard time doing that anytime soon, and that is the Washington Wizards, who happen to fall at number 19 on uh, our 30 teams and 30, uh, 30 weeks NBA style uh, powered by Panini. They, they fall in at number 19, and uh, this is a, a list. I mean, it's kind of, yeah. Yeah, these are all these people belong there, but it's a it's a team that just gosh they they're not having any luck, and it's well it's kind of their own fault. So John Wall, who just ruptured his Achilles in his home, whatever that means. Uh, Gilbert Arenas, who once pulled a gun on a teammate in an air on an airplane. Uh, Earl Monroe, Wes Unslet, who who is absolutely the probably the best player on this on this list. I think he was anyways. And the Bernard King is right behind him. Elvin Hayes and Phil, Phil Cheener. Um, all this is, this is all great. But, um, the point here is Gilbert arenas. That's who I really wanted to talk about. I didn't agent zero. I don't know if you guys remember him or not, but I sure do. And the antics that he pulled was, was crazy. I'm just going to read his bio, uh, on the card here. Agent Zero was one of the strangest but most exciting players in the 2000s. Arenas was a dynamic scorer who made three all-star teams, a second-team All-NBA, and two third-team All-NBA teams. In 2005-06, he averaged 29 points and six rebounds per game. In the, 
the merciless Arenas was known for his hitting clutch shots as well as out his outsized personality. Also known as Hibachi, his 2010-11 rookies and st- rookies and stars shows him in the last season he has a, as a wizard. All right, so they use the 2010-11 rookies and stars card. Um, Josh, he was he was crazy. I just he was absolutely crazy. And then I want to read Wes Un- Unsled as well because Unselled he is. Um, I remember him, I remember so much about him, and I didn't start watching basketball until you know the late '80s, early '90s. So everything I saw was on video, and I just remember him patrolling the line, patrolling as a coach. So never a big scorer he wasn't. Unsled's presence was felt down low, where he grabbed rebounds at an astounding rate. He spent all 13 seasons of his career with Washington, leading them to the 1978 NBA title and earning the Finals MVP award. He averaged 14 rebounds to go along with almost 11 points per game. That's still a double-double in his career. Unseld was on the All-NBA first team in 1968 and was included, inducted, I'm sorry, was inducted to the Basketball Hall of Fame in 1988. He was a beast. And that's back when he played for the Bullets, the Washington Bullets, before they got all pansy and changed the name to the Washington Wizards. It's neither here nor there. Um, speaking of pansy, I saw this yesterday and I posted it, but on my better judgment, I took it down, but I decided I wanted to talk about it today. I saw that, uh, our friends over at Panini America are being sued over some redemptions and over redemption cards. I personally think it's ridiculous. Um, it's absolutely ridiculous that this person is doing this. I'm saying that from the point of, I've seen the process and I know the process and it is absolutely unheard of of what they the links that they go to to try to get these autographs completed, and it's um, you know if you're not in the industry you, you don't see it. You just and you guys like to complain about stuff. Thing, same thing happened with Tops a few years ago, and they actually changed the wording on on the redemptions. But this is something. If it's a customer service issue or whatever, I, I can't speak to that. But the the autograph redemption process is not an easy one. The, getting the autographs is not exactly easy from anybody. So. Um, I think the lawsuit is, is ridiculous. I think it's it's unfounded, but you know that's just me in my opinion. I don't I don't I don't I don't know how this guy thinks that he's actually gonna pull this off. I mean, at at, at best, it might change some wording again, but the, the, I think the guy's just looking for him to make a name for himself, and it looks stupid. But uh, that's just my opinion. You have your opinions, and some of you shared them, and that's great. But uh, otherwise. I, I think it's ridiculous, and I'm going to move on from it now because I don't want to get hyped up and start talking about stuff that I uh, I don't want to make any, I don't want to hurt any feelings. That's what I don't want to do. So we'll move on and talk about. Uh, well, I haven't done an Animal Kingdom story in a while, and there's two that I want to end the show on. <laughs> um, Valentine's Day is just around the corner, uh, ladies and gents. If you do not know this, there are a couple of things that you can do to for your for your Significant other uh, guys, jewelry is always popular, flowers, chocolates, of course. And then ladies, you know, if you're listening to this show, I'm sure that your your significant other uh, likes cards, if you, you know, if it's a male, might, likes cards. And, uh, you know, cards is not a bad way to go. However, if you're looking for those couple of perfect gifts to get your ex, yes, I said your ex, your ex-wife, maybe your ex-girlfriend or somebody that just didn't work out. There's a couple of zoos out there that have your back. The first is uh, the Aust- I think it's the Sydney Zoo in Australia. And I know it's in Australia. So they have a brown snake, and the brown snake is the um, one of the most venomous snakes in the world. They don't know what to name it, so what they they're running a contest right now for you to send them send them in 25 words or less why you why they should name this snake. The name of your ex. That is brilliant. Why not name this venomous snake the name of your ex? That's one thing that you can do in the animal kingdom that they're looking to do in in Australia. The brown snake is nothing that you want to mess with. Uh, I know that there's some uh, euphemisms there that you could probably play with, but don't do that. Secondly, and this is probably the more intriguing of the two, the, the El Paso Zoo saw this, not to be outdone by it. On February 14th, there's a live video feed that is going to be taking place that you can text in and wait patiently the name of your ex and 
a meerkat will appear on this video screen. This video screen is going to be a live feed again. It's basically going to be lunchtime. And the meerkat is going to be fed cockroaches. And the cockroaches will be named of the <laughs> will be named individually as the names of the exes that are texted in. So, if you really just want some selfish pleasure, selfless selfish pleasure, that's one way to do it by watching uh cockroaches being fear fed to a meerkat or getting a brown snake in Australia named after your said ex. All right, guys, uh, I am shutting it down here. I am on my way to Houston. If you're going to be in tri- at the TriStar show uh, this weekend, please stop by and say hello. I'm really looking forward to seeing seeing as many of you as I can. Um, make sure you make sure you, uh, you you mention it here. Mention you heard me here, or you know, hey, say whatever whatever you want to say. Say hey, hey, fatto, you know, fatsy, whatever. I'll I'll, I'll answer anything. I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I'll just bring me something to eat. Do that, and I'll, I'll be happy. But uh, I'll be down at TriStar, looking to looking forward to seeing a lot of you down there. I know that Mr. Anthony Devine is going to be down there. If you don't know who Anthony Devine is, you should probably pay attention to social media in the card world a little bit better on Facebook. And then, of course, uh, the the author himself, Mr. Tanner Jones, is going to be around. I can't wait to speak to him as well. All right, guys, uh, I'm off to Houston again. Thank you so very much for hanging out with me this week. Uh, look for maybe a few bonus episodes coming up later uh, later this weekend, and if not, at the very earliest Monday. But uh, thanks for hanging out, and until next time, just keep listening. Cue the Drake.